Praise the Lord, amen. Man, it's beautiful. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. We are, this morning, going to be having a missions update. Wow. Okay, so... <laughs> I am so encouraged with your enthusiasm that... Uh, oh, no, we'll, we'll get there. That's fine. That's fine. But we should probably pray first. You know, God's been doing a lot in the missions uh, team at Midtown Baptist Temple. Uh, there have been a lot of changes, and we need to keep the church abreast of those changes so that, so that we can all be in tune and ready for what the Lord is doing. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. So if you guys are ready, we... Oh, Oh, you guys, I'm so sorry. I'm getting a call. I have to take it. It's awkward. I apologize. Getting a call. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, this is Chris. Yes, I'm a believer. Chris, yeah, I think, yeah. Sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Now's not a very convenient time for me, though. Oh, it's, it's life or death. It's important. Okay. Okay. A call? Call to missions? I don't even know what that means. Oh, that's a little outside my comfort zone. Yeah. See, I got some others. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Seeking and saving the lost. That's what the... That's what... Okay. Um... Got a call, you guys. I was expecting a call. Are you expecting a call? Man, sometimes it's not very convenient, though. Wow, we should pray. Father, Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we are those, God, who have said yes to the gift that we just heard about. Not a gift that we earned, but Lord, the gift of eternal life, which is available to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. God, having been recipients of your great grace and love this morning, we say thank you, God. And God, we want to have your heart. God, we want to have your mind. And Lord, Accept your spirit, show us what we need. Lord, we could walk out of here the same way we came in. So would you spare us, Lord, that. Help us to redeem this time as we gather together in Christ's name to be about our Father's business. God, would you work in our hearts and minds? Would you speak to us this morning through your word and by your spirit? We ask in Jesus' name. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. You should have a handout. This morning, so grab your handout, grab your pen, and, and, and we're going to be looking. Okay, we're going to be talking about the missions office at Midtown Baptist Temple and getting a missions update. We're going to be talking about that. So that's the what. We're going to be talking about why also. And we're going to start with our first heading on your handout, which says, Get God's heart in your chest. God's heart in your chest. Luke chapter 19, 
verse 10, tells us that the Son of Man, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. Okay, so Christ came bodily. And here's what, here's what the reality is. The lost, separated from God, condemned to enter eternity that way, okay? God looked down and he had mercy. Okay, he had pity upon a lost race in a lost world and such that he was motivated to do something about it. He saw, he looked down, you know what he saw? He saw you and me separated from God the Father who created us, who gave us life, who wants to be in relationship with us, but our sins separated us from a holy God. So out of motivation and out of love for us, Jesus Christ came, the Son of God, but also the Son of Man, Luke 19.10 tells us. And he lived a perfect life, and then he died on the cross, not for sins he committed, you guys, but for sins that we committed, to pay the penalty for that sin so that we don't have to pay the penalty for that sin. We can put our faith and trust in what he did and then no longer lost, but now reconciled in relationship to our Father. We are redeemed. That's what Christ did and that's why he did it out of love. He did it out of mercy. He was motivated to action by the love of God the Father. Okay. Get that heart beating in your chest. Are you motivated? Here's why we have to consider this. Because Jesus then, after his earthly ministry, he didn't set up the kingdom there, did he? He didn't just say, okay, get the throne ready out of the temple in Jerusalem. We're going to set up the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We're just going to move forward into my eternal reign. He didn't do that, did he? He ascended to the Father, okay, but he replaced himself. When Jesus went to the Father, he took his voice. You are the living word. He took his living word with him to heaven. What did he replace his spoken words with? The written word. Okay, what did he replace his spirit? He, was, he, he had the spirit of God without measure on earth. Okay, but when he went to heaven, he took that spirit with him. What did he replace his spirit with? Okay. And then what did he replace his body with? The church. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1 with me. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verses 22 and 23 with me. This is what we read. Speaking of God the Father and Jesus Christ says, And hath put all things under his feet, under Christ's feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his what? Which is his body. Okay, Jesus came to do what? Seek and save that which is lost. 
And when he ascended and sat down at the right hand of the Father, it's like he handed off. We got the Word of God. We got the Spirit of God. We're supposed to continue the mission that Christ started. And he did all the work on the cross. He said, it is finished. He did the heavy lifting. He did the dying for sin that needed to, to take place. He resurrected, conquering sin and death. And he's just handed off to us the mission already. Okay, He already openly showed his victory, Colossians chapter 2 tells us. He made an open show over the enemy. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He did all the work. He just handed off the preaching of the gospel to us, the church. You know, they didn't see that coming, by the way. Did you know that? That reality, the dispensation of grace, the church age, as we call it, you and me taking the, the heart heart of God in our chest and continuing on, you and I looking at the lost and being motivated to do something about it. They didn't see that coming. It's described the next page over. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verses kind of 1 through 12. Paul talks about this in verse 2. He says, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote about of four in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. This mystery, this dispensation of grace, what's a mystery? Well, verse 5 tells us it's something that was concealed but is now revealed, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of man, it was concealed, as it is now revealed unto his apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ by good works. Is that what it says? By what? The gospel. Okay, who's supposed to do this? The church is. Jump down with me. Verse 10. To the intent now that unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. See, see, Christ came. He was the promised Messiah. But being rejected by the Jews, he then, what, what we have then is the church age where we as the body of Christ take the gospel not just to the Jews but to the whole world. This is the methodology. This is the mission. This is actually the only reason we're here. As the church is to fulfill the mission that God gave the church. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 tells us why Christ hasn't come back yet. Is it because he's a slacker? Well, it's almost blasphemous to ask that question. But you know, that's a lot of people are, are like that. Well, Grandpa always said he was going to come back, and he never did, and, and I don't think he's coming back. Why, why isn't Christ returned? You know what? 2020... Probably had a lot of people asking this question. Why hasn't Christ come back yet? I think I ought to come back in April, right? This is a bad year. This has been a good time for the return of Christ. Here's why he hasn't come back yet. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering. Not willing that you and I, you and me, that we should perish 
but that all should come to repentance. He's giving time for the church to fulfill the mission that we have been given. See, he looks down and he sees 2020. He's not taken by surprise, but he's not willing that any would perish. And at the point at which he comes back, the church age is over. The harvest of the church age ends at that time. So, so Romans chapter 12, verse 1, you guys know this verse. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. How many of you have that verse memorized? Okay, a whole bunch of people. You know that verse. This is what it says. I beseech you. I'm invoking you. I'm inviting you. I am imploring. I'm begging you. I'm drawing you in. Hey, listen, please. Come. Listen, by the mercies of God, because God looks at the lost and he loves them and he already came and died for them. I am imploring you based on that love and that compassion that you will present your body, bodies, a living sacrifice. Because God loves the lost so much, will you give your life that they might live? That's the question on the floor. Get God's heart in your chest. Then the mission no longer becomes something that a few weird people in the church who like to travel pick for their ministry. This is why we are here. This is the only reason. Because God loves souls and he wants more to be saved and he wants to send you out to tell them the gospel so that they can be saved. Here's the problem. There's other things that are drawing you in. The world is calling to you. It's imploring you. It's saying, hey, yeah, 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 all that mission stuff, but check this out. Have you seen the new Ford Bronco 2021? <laughs> that four-door with the doors off and the top off? The world's just calling my name like, hey, you need that. That's where you're going to find your sources. They are very cool. But, okay, I digress. Okay. The world's going, hey, listen, I can satisfy your needs. I can satisfy your desires through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the, and the pride of life. Listen, just come on. Come on, find your satisfaction in the world. The world's not a mission field where you're called to lay down your life. The world is a source of satisfaction for you. Don't get outside your comfort zone because you've been called by God to make disciples. That's crazy talk. See, the world is imploring you. It's drawing you in. It's trying to get you. Okay, listen, it... it the devil doesn't want you out making disciples, winning people to Christ, training them, equipping them to go out and do the same, does he? And he knows how we're wired. He knows that I like the Ford Broncos, and if I could just, you know, focus on finances, maybe I could, I'm not going to waste my life spending my life on things that are going to burn, that don't matter for eternity. Okay, so listen, the world is a mission field for us. 
It's not a place where we're supposed to find satisfaction. We're supposed to seek and save the lost, not seek after and serve the lust of our flesh. If you can just get God's heart beat, get God's heart beating in your chest. Okay, so, so this is our first uh, fill in the blank here. God's mission for the church must be our mission as a church. Can you imagine a church that's not focused on the mission that God gave the church? Instead, maybe they're just, you know, trying to fill pews by telling people what they want to hear. Your best life now. God just wants you to be happy. He doesn't care if you're holy. Stay in your comfort zone so you can be all happy. Okay. Your comfort zone, the tape that says do not cross around your comfort zone, what is that? What are the barriers? You're, you're, you're zoned in to your comfort zone. Zoned in by what? Have you ever thought about it? Fear of the unknown? Your own understanding? Well, I can't possibly do that. I don't understand it. Yeah, that's what, that's what faith is for, you guys. I can't possibly be about the mission that God gave the church because I don't know what my future would look like if I just say yes to God. Okay, your comfort zone is horrible. It's terrible. You're just actually living in fear. I'm sorry to break your, burst your bubble. But that's all you're doing. It's not God's heart beating in your chest. You're not motivated be, to do something about the lost being lost because it would be uncomfortable for you. It would require faith. Oh my goodness. Okay, so listen. Get out of your comfort zone. I, I just would suggest you start despising your comfort zone. Let's move those barriers or just tear them down. Let's just move forward in faith with the heart of God for the mission of God. Okay, so, so God's mission for the church must be our mission as a church. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? That Midtown Baptist Temple is going to be about the mission that God gave the church, right? Logical progression there. We all get that, right? Wouldn't make sense to do anything else. Okay, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 it's not on there. Just You can turn there if you want. It says, ye are the body of Christ. Ye, uh, us collectively, we are what God wants to use to continue the mission that he handed off when he ascended and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Ye are the body of Christ. So combined, uh, this local church makes up a functional unit, a body, and then members in particular. We are all different parts of this body. Okay, so we'll go back to our logical progression. The mission that God gave the church must be our mission as a church. But the church is not a building. The church is not a service. You are the church. I am the church. The church is the people. Okay, so the mission that God has given us as a church, he has given you as the church. See, a lot of times we're listening for that call. Like, well, God, if you call me to, to missions, I'll go, I'll do something. 
that gets my heart beating. I'll, I'll do something that, that gets me moving, but okay, no, listen, you are the church. You have been given the mission. It's not a call you're waiting for. It's already on your voicemail. Put your ear to the word of God and understand you have been called to the mission that God gave the church. So the blanks are God's mission for the church must be our mission as a church. Our mission as a church must be your mission as the church. I hope that makes sense. If you're spending your life focused on other things, you don't have God's heart beating in your chest. I'm afraid you might be wasting your life. One of the things that keeps us in our comfort zone is a fear of failure. Well, what if I try and I fail? You know, I tried at that one thing and I failed. Okay, William Carey, he said, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of succeeding at things that don't matter. And someday at the end of all this, like probably next week, I don't know, when we're standing before the Lord, how sad would it be to realize we spent our whole lives succeeding in things that don't matter, that just got burnt away. And then the thing that God called us to, we didn't even realize we had a calling. What a shame would that be? So for the William Carey's out there that would say, I don't want to miss it. I want to spend my life doing things that matter. I want to fulfill the mission. We as a missions team, getting ready for you. See, the missions team, we're not doing the mission. We're motivating you to do the mission. Now we are. Okay, we are doing the mission. But we don't function as the people in this place, in this church, who are going to be the ones that are going and doing it all. God called you as the body of Christ to fulfill the mission. And the mission team functions to support and to facilitate and to train and to equip and to enable you to go do what God called you to. That's what we're here for. We're here for you. We're here for the William Carey's who have God's heart in their chest. Number two, or, or the next heading, you need to be a prepper. Any preppers in here? Don't raise your hand. Okay, so, so listen, we need to be preppers. I'm not talking about a bunker and a nine millimeter, although that would be cool too. So maybe my Ford Bronco would be parked next to my secret, secret backyard, bat cave bunker where I have my, okay, okay. it would be cool. But that's not the kind of prepper I'm talking about. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the ministry at Midtown Baptist Temple. Are you still in Ephesians? Look at Ephesians chapter 4. You know the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. Jesus said, all, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. There's our marching orders, right? We understand that. We just kind of summarize that a lot of times as making disciples. It includes evangelism, includes training, includes sending. Well, that requires preparation. That requires equipping. Okay, you, when you get saved, you have a testimony of what God's done in your life, and you want to share that every chance you get. 
But somewhere along the way, someone's going to ask you some hard questions about the Bible. Okay, and what we need to do is get equipped to be able to do the work where you can actually teach others what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 4, we see the structure of the church, the maturation okay, of the saints. Look, see if you can see that in these verses. Verse 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. There's a structure of a local church. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, to make them mature. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Hey, there we are again, the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, that means mature, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, all of us, on point, on the mission, fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. I love the self-propagating nature of the church. You get saved, you get equipped, you get trained up, and then now you're a part of winning and evangelizing, discipling, training, and sending. You see that in verse 16. That's the design of the whole thing, and that's why we have a structure in place at Midtown Baptist Temple. We understand we're all part of that Ephesians chapter 4 structure. All of us, that's what goes in the blank, we all prepare and engage here. The next time you close your eyes to pray, you bow your head. The next time you open your Bible to study, you may get a very specific call. God may say, listen, I need you in Malawi. I need you in Costa Rica. Hey, listen, I need you in Kansas City. Hey, I need you in Vietnam. I need you in Boston. The next time you close your eyes to pray, how do you know? Are you expecting a call? You've been called to mission. Some have received a very specific call. But because you don't know, as you engage here, you need to be preparing for that. You need to be replacing yourself in ministry so that when God calls you out, you don't leave a gaping hole in the body, okay? If my right arm gets called somewhere, I hope there's another arm growing in there that could kind of take over, right? Okay? Wouldn't that be horrible if I just, my right arm was gone? That'd be horrible, yeah. All the visual people are like, oh, gross. Like another arm in there. I probably just lost you guys for the rest of the message. Okay. We all do that. We all engage, and that's one thing that makes this church so exciting. We've sent churches. We sent a team to Tampa. We've sent a team to Lee Summit. We've sent a team to Boston. There's a team preparing for Vietnam. You don't know. We've sent to Costa Rica. We've sent to Asia. You don't know if and when God's going to call you to something very specific like that. Okay, but not knowing... Anticipating a call? Replacing myself in ministry? You know, if God called me somewhere right now, you guys would be just fine. You'd be like, Chris who? Like, I, oh, that one guy, yeah. But 
there's, there's people in place who do what I do that have been trained. We wouldn't miss a beat. Makes an exciting place to serve the Lord. Okay, we all do that. Now, some, that's what goes in the next blank. Some, get ready. You're getting ready because you are being sent. Not just you might be sent, but... Okay, so we've already done this. We're already doing this, but we're prepping right now. The missions team, God is building up the missions office at Midtown Baptist Temple. I want to describe it for you. Next heading is the snapping turtle eaters. The snapping turtle eaters. Who's that? Well, that's the... Like, actually, we don't want that title. Long, but, 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 but at our meeting on Friday, Pastor Will Mata, the, the snapping turtle hunter... So he caught the snapping turtles from the pond in his backyard. I'm not kidding. He, he caught the snapping turtles in his pond in his backyard. And then there's a really intensive process of preparing them so that they're edible. But they were delicious. We, we Almost all of us. I won't mention the one person who wouldn't eat snapping turtle, Nailene Mata. But, but she did cook them for us. But, but the, whole, the whole thing, it was kind of like this. Well, look. What if you get called somewhere and you got to eat weird stuff? Not everybody is called to eat snapping turtle, but everybody should wrestle with the possibility. <laughs> okay, our ministry leadership team. Christine Best, Rosie Five, Heather DeYoung are our coordinators. Okay? They coordinate. They not only have the information that you need, but listen, it's accurate, it's up to date, it's accessible, and they can get it to you. What about culture in Boston? Yeah, ask Heather. She's got it. We, we, we've got the information, plane tickets. Yeah, we, we, we help you. We got a team in place for that. Miles and Lisa Cheadle are communicators. They work with the fives to keep us in communication both here at home and with our partners all over the world. That is a big chore. Four services, people all over the world, different languages, different methods of communication. How do we, oh, we got Miles and Lisa. Thank you guys, keeping us informed. James and Rosie Fife over missionary support. If we're going to send people, we need to take care of them. Amen? That's a big job. I can't think of anybody better on the planet than James and Rosie Fife to help us take care of the people that we send. It's not easy. That process is under attack. If you've ever gone, you're like, you, you understand that. It feels like you've been abandoned by everybody who's supposed to love you. Uh, it's because the devil wants you thinking that, so you feel like you're alone. Okay, where are we at? Will and Nailene Mata. So in addition to snapping turtle hunting, Will and Nailene are over missions trips. We sent 130 people around the world in, in uh, 2019 before COVID craziness kind of, you know, stopped a lot of our trips. How many people were scheduled for a trip this year and your trip got canceled? Okay, a whole bunch of people. Yeah, it's been a hard year. But before that, we're sending people all over the world. We've got Will over that. You know, Will is the, the leader of that. But let's not, I, I include our wives because none of us will get anything done without our help meet. 
I don't do ministry, but that I'm supported by Christine. It never works right without her as my helpmate, so I'm, I'm including them on this. Christine and I are over mission prep. We oversee getting people ready to get sent, that equipping process. And, and all of this is a team effort, but these are just areas of oversight. Heather DeYoung is our mission team administrator. She's a team mom. She's not old enough to be our mom, but, you know, she, she's like the mom. It's like, where's my budget spreadsheet? Heather, can't find my socks. You know, like, she's, she knows where everything is. She's got the notes and, and, and uh, in, invaluable team member for us. So that's the, the, the leadership team. We're not the ones that are going to go and do and win people to Christ because we're the only ones that have God's heart in our chest. No, we're, we're getting ready for you. You ready? Are you moved by the fact that the lost are lost and separated from God for eternity? If so, come talk to us. We'll help get you there. We'll get you moving. We'll get you where you need to go. We have the trellis. What's that mean? Well, you know, the, you can't make anybody do anything, right? You can't make a seed grow. You just plant it. You water it. God does the work. But so, so we need to be plugged into the vine, John chapter 15. But there needs to be a structure, a trellis. There needs to be something in place for that vine to grow on. So we've got lots of different structural things. We have the kingdom fund, 10% of the funds that come into Midtown. We tithe out to the mission, to the kingdom, in a way that doesn't directly benefit us. It just supports the mission. We have a board that oversees that listed there. We have our evangelism ministry goes out on the first Saturday. This is for the John Wesleys who consider that untold millions are still untold and they're not okay with that. So they're going to go on a Saturday to get trained up to go evangelize and tell others about the Lord. They get outside their comfort zone. We would actually say billions. John Wesley said millions. Untold millions are still untold. Let's go tell them. Let's go, right? We would say billions now. That's led by the amicable lawn amic. We have Kid Town Missions. Maria Beam leads that. So our missionaries and church planners, their kids, have a place in Kid Town. And we're telling them that. We're sending them stuff on their birthday or Christmas. How encouraging would that be? We have our missions shoot. Oh, wait, I'm jumping ahead. We have, we have Missionary Prayer Night and our Missions Minute. So you guys know about Missionary Prayer Nights. We, we dedicate a few of our Tuesday night prayer uh, nights to, to pray about missions. Okay, we're also going to add in a Missions Minute. So just normally on normal prayer nights, we're going to have a Missions Minute where you can just be informed about what's going on so that we can stay informed, so we can pray informed. Hudson Taylor said, do not work so hard for Christ that you have no strength to pray. For prayer requires strength. The Laodicean church today, we'd probably have to say, don't play, don't play so hard for yourself that you have no strength left to pray. For prayer requires strength. We don't have a whole lot of Hudson Taylors. How many of us work so hard for Christ that we don't have energy enough to pray? What if that was your biggest concern? Like, God, I worked so hard for you today that I fell asleep praying. I'm so sorry. Like most of us, that's a, anyway, okay, sorry. So we, we have uh, missions trips. 
This year, our trips got derailed. We've started a new endeavor. It's a new thing. It's, it's sending people out two by two, so it's not new. That's what Jesus did. But these two by two trips. So uh, Kenny Morgan, Pastor Kenny went and did a camp and preached the camp, and he took Man Kit with him. So it wasn't just Kenny. We, we, they went two by two. So Man Kit got to hang out with Kenny Morgan, Pastor Morgan, for how many days? Five days. So after five days with Kenny, man Kit, his halo is now so shiny. <laughs> it just got shinier and shinier until the day comes. It's just, he, he got to hang out with Pastor Morgan for five days, ministering together, praying together. You got to preach and teach, right? Man, praise the Lord. They went out two by two. What we're talking about is sending people two by two just like that. There's a discipleship aspect to it. Maybe you'll get to go with James Fife to Boston for, for four days. And you'll go there and there'll be investment and you will learn and you'll come back. And you'll just be cool like James. You'll be equipped in a way that you weren't. But you'll get to go do the mission. Now, here's the cool thing about it. Missions trips are wonderful. We need to keep doing our big missions trips, but they're very disruptive. Okay, imagine if someone came to your house for two weeks with 20 people, and you had to feed them all, right? And then you had to take them all to the pharmacy because they forgot whatever. And then you, you had to help them because they're homesick and you just, and then you had to coordinate all their activities and you got three vans and and just all imagine doing that for two weeks and you're doing the mission how exhausting would that be and then when they leave you got to go back and do two weeks worth of work that you put off because of this trip it's so mission trips are good our missionaries want them our church planters want them we need to do them but they are very disruptive you can't do a lot of them or else you just wear everybody out. Does that make sense? They infuse life. They, there's fellowship. It infuses money. Like, like, like we want to keep doing those. But I can send two people to Boston. There will be discipleship there as a, as a more mature person invests in, in an up-and-coming leader. And it doesn't disrupt anything that Mike and the rest of the team are doing. They'll be as involved as they want. Take him out to dinner. Take Mike out to dinner when you go. Take, take the merits out to dinner. Go to the Bible study. But you're really just there to evangelize and to invite or whatever else you've been assigned to do. But you're not going to disrupt what the team is doing there. You're just going to come and be a blessing and serve. And then when you show up on Sunday with the three people that you've won to Christ that week and introduce them to the team, like, like that's the idea. Does that make sense? If we don't disrupt... The church planting team, we could send people every weekend, couldn't we? That's what we want to do. Send people two by two like Jesus did. We have mission prep dinners. Tonight at 5.30 we'll be meeting. This is for those who feel a call to prepare deliberately. This is the missions shoot. It's like not only do I recognize I need to be about the mission that God gave the church, but I think God might be preparing me to go to Vietnam. What do I do? Well, you come to the mission prep dinners. It'll either help speak
spit you out on the mission field where you're supposed to be, or it'll redirect you. God might say, ah, through this process, not yet. Now's not time yet. Amy Carmichael said, does it not stir up our hearts to go forth and help them? Does it not make us long to leave our luxury and our exceeding abundant light and go to them that sit in darkness? We got, we're ready for the Amy Carmichaels. Come on. Enter the chute. Let's see. Where's the Hudson Taylors? Where's the William Carey's? Who are you? Who's got God's heart in your chest such that you're, you're the person I'm preparing for? That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for those who say, yes, I, I, I hear the call. And yes, I will be motivated by the love of God, the mercy of God, the compassion that he has on the lost, and I will be motivated to do something about it. Let's get our hearts beating. Look at Acts chapter 17 with me. Acts chapter 17, verses 16 and 17. Paul is in Athens. He's supposed to be waiting for the rest of the team to arrive. That's what he's there for. Hey, I'll meet you in Athens. And Paul got there before him and he's just waiting. But then something happens. Paul looks at the city and he sees them with God's eyes. He says, Paul waited for them at Athens. His spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. He looked at the lost. He looked at what was going on and it stirred him up. He wasn't okay with it. These people are given to idolatry. They're going to die and spend eternity separated from God by their sin. I am not okay with that. He had God's heart beating in his chest, but listen, it motivated him to do something about it. He went street preaching in verse 17. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met him. I beseech you, I implore you, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice. We don't want to be <clears throat> like Philippians chapter 2, 19 through 21. Paul's talking to the, to the church there. He says, uh, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I may also be of good comfort when I know your state. Oh, oh, I know. I can pull Timotheus off the field where he's serving God and I can send him to this particular mission. Why would you do that? Well, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. God forbid that we wouldn't have anybody who's just willing because they're all seeking their own state, not seeking the things which are Jesus Christ's. What a sad testimony. Well, where are you at? Would you go? But maybe now is not a convenient time. That would be outside my comfort zone. I'm not called to missions. No, you're the church. You're called to the mission. The only question is, what is your place in the mission? 
Man, let's get that heart beating. What about our spiritual EKG? Here's the question. Okay, here's how you can check. How okay are you with the lost being lost? Does the lost state of lost people bother you or not? Man, driving to church this morning and just seeing the people out on the street, not okay with them being lost. How can we stay in our comfort zone, zoned in by fear, doubt, a lack of understanding, faithlessness, when the lost people are dying and going to hell all around us. Oh yeah, but, but I got saved. That's enough. Okay, we need to have compassion. Get your heart thumping for the mission that God's given us. Be stirred to action. Leave your comfort zone and live a life that matters. If you are successful, I hope you're successful, but if you're successful at things that don't matter... then you're not successful. Okay, look, your comfort zone. Get out of there. The fear of failure, the fear of hardship, the fear of poverty, fear of the unknown. You're just leaning on your own understanding. Stop it. Get out of your comfort zone. Join me in despising our collective comfort zones. Let's get God's heart in our chest and let's get it beating. We are preparing for you. The missions team. It's all here. Open doors. Come in. Join us. Figure out your place in the mission. Let's pray together. I think we're, we're past. Uh, uh, we won't have praise and worship to close us out. We're out of time. Sorry. Sorry. I, I preach too long. They listen too slow. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we're going to close out in prayer, but this is what I do want. If God's talking to you this morning, well, Listen. Get up, get moving, come forward, meet with one of our leaders. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out how to get you moving. If you don't know you're saved, you might not be. Okay, let's get that figured out. Come forward, talk to us between services. Father, we love you, we thank you, we come before you in Jesus' name once more to say, yes, Lord, as much as lies within us, God, your will, your way, your word. God, don't let anybody leave here unsure of their salvation. God, don't let anybody leave here in their comfort zone. Lord, not knowing that they're about your mission. God, we want your heart beating in our chest. We want to get moving. We want to love the lost. Father, have your way in our hearts and minds. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.